We want to go our own way. God can't go that way because it is not his righteousness. Are you with me? It's not the way that he wants it to be. Are you guys with me? So it's not like God's having a negative, you know, sort of emotion towards you or a negative action towards you. All he's saying is that I can't go that way that you want to go. That way that you want to go leads to corruption. It leads to death. Are you with me? But when he gives grace to the humble, and like you were saying, the humble is the one who submits. That's the key. Submitting is the key to receiving grace. Now, when we say submit, everyone's got a different picture of submit as well. It's like, yes, you know, submit. No. You can submit in action. You can submit in word, right? But submit is actually in your heart. That's the, the, the place that matters. Because, I mean, what's the point? I mean, uh, is it, um, uh, was it Israel where God was talking and, and he said, these people worship me with their, li- their lips, but their hearts are hard towards me. Yeah. Are you with me? So what is the point? You'd rather have your heart submitted to God and not say a word than be mouthing off things when your heart is close to him. Are you with me? So when we talk of submit, it's not, yes, got you, God, we're going to, you know, sort of thing. No, it's in your heart. Um, what is truly happening? Are you holding on to your way? Are you holding on to your logic? Are you holding on to how you want things done? Or have you truly let go and cast it onto God? Because to submit means that I am going to trust your way. I'm going to trust you. That's what it means to submit. Are you with me? And that kind of submit, uh, uh, submission automatically produces obedience because you're going to automatically walk in love because if you're saying, okay, God, I'm taking you away, then therefore how you treat people will be in line with how God treats people. Are you with me? How you think about walking through life will be in line with how God has advised you must walk through life. Are you with me? Walking in the wisdom of God will be natural. Are you guys with me? So when we, when we, when we hear these words, uh, submit, um, resist humility, like you were saying now, you know, we must always make sure that we never create those self-preserving images, you know, like I'm going to take my definition of submission. No, that then immediately you're creating the wrong yoke for yourself. You know, you're creating a burden that's going to be very difficult. You know, have you guys ever de- uh, dealt with a little child who you can see, <laughs> listens to you, but doesn't want to? It's like, fine, I'll do it. God doesn't want us to be like that. Are you guys with me? He wants us to, in our heart, believe that he is good and what he has for us is good for us. We we, we don't want to be spoiled brats that are just going to moan and groan as we just go along where God says we must go. You know what I'm saying? Walking with God is a delight. There's joy in it. Are you guys with me? So in, in, in your heart, you must make that decision to say, okay, you know what? It's not that I don't care about this problem. It's that it is not my care to solve it. That's the thing, you know? And, and a lot of people, they, they do that. They're like, I don't even care about this thing. It's like, okay, but hold on. This is kind of a big thing happening here, guys. Like, what do you mean you don't care? Because actually what you're saying is that, okay, I do care what happens here. There's, I mean, there's, there's people I love involved here. There's a massive situation. Whatever it is, I do care about this thing. But I am not going to place the emphasis on how this thing gets solved. I'm going to open my heart and I'm going to trust and submit to God to follow his way through it. Are you guys with me? Because that is the way that leads to peace. Amen? So the peace that we experience with Jesus, that's the peace we want to have 
um, in every area of our lives. Are you guys with me? So when you, when you read these words and you create these pictures, you must make sure that it's all in line with the Word of God, His character, what Christ has done, you know, God's very nature, you know, your New Testament reality in Christ. You can't create the picture based on your life experience. It doesn't work like that. Are you guys with me? So always remember, especially, and, and we've seen many verses, um, when, when they read enemy, you know, in the Bible, then they picture this little red figure with horns, you know, ah, that's the enemy. You know, when they, when they picture blessing, everyone, when they read blessing, they picture something else. When they, picture, when they read curse, they picture something else. So just, just remember, every picture that you create from every verse that you read must be anchored in the character of God and what Jesus has done and your New Testament reality in him. Amen. Yeah. Amen. The cool, the cool thing, so, so can we go back to that scripture? Thanks, Ads. So there you are, we can start there. So working it back from, from the end of seven, okay, where it says now that, <clears throat> actually, let's go to seven. I think no, put I the five, several. six, and seven up. Yeah, like yeah. you had it. Okay, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And he's saying, right in the beginning of it, he's actually saying that, listen, submit, you younger folks, submit to your elders. So where do we train our humility? Where does our humility get trained, folks? Mm. It gets trained under man. Yeah. Are, are you with me? If you can't submit to a pastor, or if you can't submit to a teacher, if you can't submit to a, 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 a boss, let, let me tell you something now. Nine out of ten hobos on the street. Okay, do you guys know? I used to use the word bum, but I don't yeah. use it anymore. I, I remember those days. <laughs> I was talking about a bum on the street, and somebody said to me after service, I was picturing somebody's bum. I was like, no, I was talking about a hobo. Sorry. Sorry. They were very confused the whole time. Were <laughs> but anyway, so a hobo. Now, I can tell you something, guys. I've, I've sat with them. I've spoken to them. I've taken them in my house. When I was a baby Christian, I, I let them sleep in my children's bed, and um, I would take them and book them in at hotels. I would do things like you can't believe, okay? And out of all the hobos that I used to try and help, but I, listen, I wasn't helping them because God told me to. I was helping them because I was trying to do a good deed uh, uh, out of being a, a zealot, uh, a prideful zealot, okay, which we'll get into later. But anyway, so I can tell you one thing. Most of those hobos that I dealt with, okay, were more educated than I am. Some of these guys had, this one guy pulled out five different trades. He was a blockman, a butcher, a butch, he, he was a blockman and a butcher. He was a, a fitter and turner. He was a um, man, he, I think he was a draftsman. This guy had five trades and he was sitting at the garage crying and asking me for food. So I sat down with him and I chatted to him. I said, listen, but what, what's the story? What is happening here? I'll buy you some chow, but tell me what's going on. And he's like, yeah, oh, man, I'm sleeping at the back of the garage over here. And um, this, this, and that. I got fired again last month and this happens. And, and I was like, well, why did you get fired? And he's like, because my boss is a blankety blank blank and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's this and he's that and he's this. And let me tell you something. The reason why they're on the street is not because of any other reason except pride. 
Are you with me? They are full of it. They didn't want to submit to their parents. They didn't want to submit to their bosses. They didn't want to submit to their school teachers. They don't want to submit to a pastor. They don't want to submit to anyone. They are full of pride. And as much as you try and help them, I promise you now, they will manipulate, they'll say whatever you need to hear in the moment, but that pride is, is actually working against the Holy Spirit. That's why you'll see, they'll go from one person's house to another person's house to another person's house, and there's never a breakthrough in their life. Why? Because all the people that are helping them, it's all flesh. The Holy Spirit can't help them. Yeah. They haven't opened their hearts. They haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and allow His grace to change them. And that's why they stay. They're not going from glory to glory. They're going from robot to robot. I'm telling you. And it's just pride, guys. That's all it is. Are you with me? We've got to call it what it is. You know, and all the Christians are like, yo, we've got to feel so sorry. No, we do feel sorry for them. But feeling sorry for them ain't going to help them. Sitting down there, having a, a meal with them and, and sharing with them, it, doesn't, it shows them a bit of love, which is fine, and you can do that. But I can tell you right now, you want to get them off the street. And the only way you can get them off the street is if you go into their heart with them and you show them what's keeping them on the street. Mm. Amen? That's it. So he's saying clearly, yeah, he's saying, listen, man, humble yourselves. Learn to humble yourselves. Learn. If there's something that you don't know, is something that you're carrying uh, in your life, why not come see a pastor? Why not go speak to a parent? Why not go speak to somebody who's been in the business longer than you? Are you, are you with me? Why do you want to do, do it by yourself? What is it inside your heart that's driving you to do it by yourself? Sure. For sure. Absolutely. But fear of rejection is pride. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. Mm. For sure. But we have to use wisdom. And we have to f- uh, listen to the Holy Spirit and, and sh- let Him lead us to the right person. You know what I'm saying? But the funny thing is, is they've, ha- they've probably, be- probably had a hundred right people come past them. Are you with me? But the Holy Spirit can't even open their hearts to show them this because that's it. You know, it's just how it is. Yeah. It's crazy stuff, guys. But it's the truth. You know what I'm saying? Pride. Oh, man, I tell you, it's crazy. So like we were saying last week, how does pride work? It's one, of the, it's one of the biggest attributes of a religious spirit. So, you know, the Bible speaks about a religious spirit more than any other spirit. Did you guys know that? Mm. Obviously, the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Truth, all, all, all of the, um, uh, the, the different uh, characteristics of God. But when it speaks of those who are working against God, it's speaking of a religious spirit. We have to make sure that we never fall for the same thing that the devil fell for. That spirit of pride. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to stay humble. Have you ever thought what a, 
well, have you ever realized what a great relief it is to actually say, no, I don't know. I don't understand. Have you ever just done that and realized how much relief you get from it? Yo, but it's the hardest thing, eh? It's the hardest thing. I'm just, telling you. Just do it once. It's only the first one that's hard. <laughs> just to actually say to yourself, just to say to the person or at, uh, around the boardroom table or wherever you're at work or whatever, to your boss or whatever, just say, I don't know. I just don't know. They'll be like, why are you here then? Must be fire you. <laughs> if, if that's the case, then, then I feel sorry for whoever you're working for. But are, are you with me, guys? Take the pressure off yourself. We have an all-knowing God. I mean, that's one of his, that's one of his characteristics, all-knowing. So why the heck wouldn't we want to tap into that? Yo, it's so crazy. What is it that's making us feel so unworthy if we don't know the answer? Why do we feel like that? Because that's what it comes down to. It comes down to, um, I can't say no, because if I say no, I'm going to expose myself. But what are you scared of exposing? Yeah. Is your trust in your job, is your trust in your strength, is your trust in your ability, or is your trust fully in God? Because it says over there, a prideful, a prideful man will be resisted, but the man who casts all his care upon the Lord, man, he's going to have grace flowing through his heart. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I want to live my life. I don't know about you guys. And that, uh, that, pride, that pride road is hectic, eh? Yes, see. That road will kill you quickly, guys, I'm telling you. I've been on it a few times in my life. It's, uh, I think that the worst part about it is how lonely it is. So, so let's take, before we even talk about knowing everything, right? Let's talk about apologizing, right? Yeah. So let's say you're wrong in a fight, but you're going to stick to your guns. And you'll make up every argument and every you know, sort of logic, and you will justify every kind of case. Like, I am right. And, you know, the longer you hold to that thing, you can just feel everyone just, like, like get away from you. You know, you're like, this person is delusional. <laughs> like, hopefully you come to your senses, but we're done with you. <laughs> you know, sort of thing. But it's, it's a heavy thing. And, you know, there, there's this amazing principle, uh, especially in communication and, and relationships, you know. And it's this principle called managing expectations. Right. Why are you laughing? Oh, yeah, okay, it is a corporate term, but the, the, the logic is there, right? And the thing is, you know, uh, um, the pride thing, before we even look at managing expectations with each other, let's manage expectations with ourselves first, okay? Because like you were saying now, let's talk about the I don't know, okay? You want to feel the pressure of having it figured out, right? You, you, you want to be in that position, yet you don't know everything. So you are placing on a demand, you're placing a demand where there is no supply. Okay? So what do you think is going to happen? It's going to be instant short circuit. And because there is no supply for that demand, what do you do? You start building up an entire defense as to why there's no supply. 
Oh, no. Why, why wasn't your thing done? No, the load shedding. Oh, okay. Uh, why don't you know what to do? No, you see this other person in the team. They didn't do their thing and, you know. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying those, are, those aren't valid reasons, um, but I'm saying is that to protect the fact that we had that demand, that expectation internally, we will always justify why it's not there. And that's with even the little things in life, you know, everything. How much more do we do it with God? How much more do we do it with each other? Are you, are you guys with me? And it's holding on to that self-worth measure that you were talking about. When we feel like we can't meet the supply, why do we feel so worthless? It's because we've got a wrong expectation. The problem is that already in the beginning, you believe that you could meet it. That's the problem. You know, sometimes we, you know, oftentimes we go down that rabbit hole of the goodness discussion. You know? <laughs> we go down the goodness discussion, and we always use uh, the rich young ruler story, you know? When he says, good teacher, he comes to Jesus, and he says, good teacher. And Jesus says to him, why do you call me good? For it is only God who is good, right? So indirectly, Jesus is saying, are you calling me God? That's what he's saying to him. Are you calling me God, you know? And uh, ultimately, the point is, is that we still believe that we have something to live a good life. That's the only reason you, you'll be prideful. It's because deep in your heart, you truly believe that you have something that could uh, um, give you an abundant life. Whereas the Bible is telling us there is only one who has what it takes to experience abundant life. You see, because at the core of it, if you're holding on to that thing to the detriment of your relationships, of your finances, of your career, of your health, whatever it is you're holding on to that's causing all that sort of stuff is because you truly believe that that thing is good enough to give you a, an abundant life. That's exactly what happened with the rich young ruler. He listed all the good things that he had to give him an abundant life. And Jesus is like, okay, sell everything, come follow me. Because I'm the only good thing that you'll ever have. That's literally what he was saying to him. Are you guys with me? So, I don't, I don't know why you're going on this tonight, but it's good stuff, man. It's no, <laughs> important, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. A lot, of, a lot of the time what gets in the, the way is our knowledge and our education and our experience. Are you with me? I'll give you a good example. Um, Besh had COVID. When was it? 2020? No, 21. You was had it last it. year? Oh, was it last, last year? year yeah. Hey? yeah. And he had it pretty bad. It hit him quite like solidly through the, through the blood vessels. <laughs> he never had it in his lungs, was a bit weird. but uh, he had it throughout his blood. So, so the doctor, we took him to a doctor. And the doctor is a Christian doctor. That's why we chose him. You know, so because we want him to listen to the Holy Spirit because he just wasn't getting better. He was deteriorating. He was phoning me. Well, I was phoning him. He was phoning me. And he was talking about going home to see Jesus because that's how bad it was. And I was like, you ain't going nowhere, buddy. Um, you're staying right there. <laughs> but uh, it was really bad. Even, even the doctor that was treating him eventually was saying, no, this is, this is you know. But the doctor had seen how many different patients with COVID? Hundreds. So Bash was just like 
300 and something. It came in there. And what happened was by that time he had started leaning on his little regime that he had set for all his patients. And he failed to go to the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't working on him because he didn't have it in his lungs. So this guy was basically one foot in heaven. And um, I was like, geez, Holy Spirit, what is going on here? You know, what is going on? So I went and prayed, and the Holy Spirit said, take him for a blood test. So this doctor, I mean, he's a man of God and everything, but he leant, he leant on his knowledge. He didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. So that's just one example. Once he went for the blood test, we realized his whole body was, was his blood was thickening, was clotting. And he, they, he didn't even realize it. So, such a weird thing, this. But anyway, so, so the blood test revealed everything. They gave him some blood thinners, and in a couple of days, he was, he was back up normal again, you know? So the thing is, is that that's what we're talking about. We can't afford to lean on our experience, our knowledge, our, our abilities. Are, are you with me? The Holy Spirit has to be a part of every decision that we make. A humble person is always making decisions with the Holy Spirit. He's never making a decision without the Holy Spirit's peace. Amen? If you want to stay on the pathway of righteousness, that's how we live. Because I can tell you right now, one decision can take you off. One decision can take you off, and then the next moment, you're leaning on your strength, all this confusion in your mind, and you don't know how you got there, and now you're thinking God's left you, Meantime, God's going, hey, 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 I'm over here. I was here all the time. <laughs> Are you with me? Because you just wandered off into your own world. I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. You wandered off into self. So we've got to maintain that. That's our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what it is, guys. You go, I used to go hire videos at the video show. I was telling them the other day. I would go and take the video. I don't know. Yes, I'm showing my age here. Do you still hire videos at the video shop? No, it's all on the internet. We, we, we stream now. Yeah. <laughs> we stream, eh? So I would go and I'd take the video. And it's such a small thing, guys. And then I'd read the story and I'm like, oh, the storyline sounds good. Eh? And I look at the guy next to me and he's like, yeah, I've seen that one. It's good. You know, it's good. And I'm like, I like him, man. He's like, yeah, it's awesome. He's got this actor in it. But my heart is going, the Holy Spirit's going, don't do it. And I'm like, yeah, really, eh? So, yeah, 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 yeah. And the Holy Spirit's going, don't do it. And I'm like, then I put it back because I'm not really there yet. You know? Then I walk around the whole video shop and I come back to this one again. And I'll be like, babe, come look at this. Come read this. What do you think about this? And the Holy Spirit's going, don't do it. And then what happens, I go, we'll go get two other movies and then I'll walk past that one, just throw that one in, like as if the Holy Spirit can't see it, you know? <laughs> And then we get home, and guess what? You put it on for five minutes, and you, you, you're like, I just wasted money, wasted time. What a pathetic movie, you know? And the Holy Spirit's sitting there going, I told you. <laughs> if only there was some way you knew, you know? <laughs> so it's even with the smallest things in life. He wants, to, he wants us to experience life all the time. You know what I'm saying? Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, he wants that connection to be your life. We don't just go and connect when we need life. The connection is our life. 
We've got to be connected all the time so that he can lead us into all these little things all the time. Man, I can give you so many examples of, of how he has saved my life, telling me to go down another road when I'm going down this road, telling me not to go to certain places at certain times, and then I found out the next day there was my clients got shot, my customers got shot and burnt, the, the entire shops got burnt down by EFF raid. Ach, not a raid, what do they call it? Strike. Strike, yeah. Hamars. <laughs> but, man, I can tell you, and it goes on and on and on and on. We need that connection. That connection is our life. Why? Because he is the source. You are not the source. I am not the source. Amen? We must. And if we can just humble ourselves and practice his presence in our lives. Jeez, man, I'm telling you, you're not going to age. You're going to age way lo uh, less than most of the people around you. I'm telling you. Amen. Don't look at Harris. He's only started walking with the Lord now recently. <laughs> Just joking. Wow. <laughs> but are you, are you with me? Amen? Yeah. You know, it's one, it, it, that revitalized life is a promise. Mm. Sleep is a promise. Some people just like, they don't sleep because they can't sleep because they, they're so stressed. They're doing everything in their own strength, strength 24-7. Yeah. I did a, I, did a uh, um, I think it was in discipleship school two years ago. I went and did some research and I found out that, did you know the biggest killer today? Is stress. And then I, I went and found this documentary where doctors, it was about 100 doctors or whatever, got together and they, they did the survey. And this is the stats, guys. They're emergency doctors, okay, so they work in the emergency rooms. They said that 90% of the people that come into the emergency room with fainting, shortness of breath, panic attacks, heart tribulations, you name it, stuff breaking out of their skin. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. Blackouts, it's just nuts. 90% of it came down to financial stress. While they were doing the EKG, is it an EKG? E yeah, it's an EKG. While they're doing ECG, ECG, I'm getting the alphabet, it's an ECG. <laughs> okay, ECG tests. While they would be on it, they would ask them, so, what was the last thing that you were thinking before you blacked out? What is this? And they all say, stressing about work tomorrow, stressing about this big thing that I have to do for my boss, stressing about where I'm going to get money, stressing about sales, stressing about this. Are you with me? 90% stress-related sicknesses. Crazy. But what is stress? It's just a modernized word for yes, bangat. That's all it is. Yes, bang, man. But, but you don't want to say it. Why don't you want to say that you're scared? Because you're full of pride. Do you see the vicious circle? And now you keep, yourself, you keep yourself stuck in yourself. And that's why no one can help us, not even the Holy Spirit. You know? So remember, a small insecurity inside 
always causes us to act big on the outside. Why? Because we're so scared, like Lillian was saying, rejection of man. Why do you think the scripture says fear God more than you fear men? Because man ain't going to take your insecurity away. No ways. It's a terrible cycle to be in, feeling small on the inside and acting big on the outside. And when somebody comes to talk to you about your insecurity, then you act prideful. And when somebody comes to ask you about your pride, when the pastor comes to deal with your pride, then you act all insecure. It's the truth. Listen, I've counseled hundreds of people. The moment I, I get to that place and I touch that button there where it's pride, where they're pride, I say, but listen, you're acting in pride. Yo, yo, yo. Then the victim mentality comes out like you cannot believe. Because why? Because they're actually telling you that I am a scared little victim and all the things that I did on the outside was to protect me. But they think that it's, is a, it suffices for the one. The one is, warrants the other one. Are you with me? Yes, man. Can't we just be free? Imagine just being free from yourself. Every day. All day. Not just in moments. <laughs> all the time. And it starts with knowing that he is our provider. He is our provider. When we say provider, everybody thinks of money. No, he's your provider in money, in joy, in peace, in righteousness, in position, in wisdom, in knowledge, decision making. He's your provider. He'll even give you a wife if you need one. Amen. You need one. Okay, that's what we're praying for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> he will instead of you trying to go find one he's going to get you a lecker one <laughs> a lecker one oh man listen we could go into relationships do you know that re- oh my word that's a whole other three hours Jeez, you're going to make decisions in your relationships because of your insecurities. Do you know what you're opening yourself up to? Yo, 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 yo. Yo, what's it now? We've got Christian Tinder. What's it? Christian, what's it? Salt. Really? They call it salt? It's called salt. Wow. Wow. Yes, you should have called it spice. <laughs> Maybe it would have got more downloads. I don't know. <laughs> eh? It's Showmax. Is it? Well, what does the scripture say? The scripture says, through faith and patience. The two power twins in the Bible. Faith and patience, we realize the promises of God. The moment we're not trusting God will deliver on his promise... And then we don't have patience, okay? <laughs> and we run out there and we start making the plan. The plans make us then. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And across the board, you'll see every time you want to make a plan is because you're looking to get something out of it. Every time, guys. Even relationships, whatever. Every time you make a plan, you're pushing a plan, you know this is too difficult. God's not leading this thing. Is because you're pushing to get that thing that you want out of it. When you must just say, you know what? Let me get this thing from Jesus, and then he can lead me. <laughs> let, let me tell you something, guys. Now you answer something here. Yeah. Okay? But let me tell you something. A spiritual person will frustrate the snollies, okay, out of a fleshly person. Oh, yeah. Hands down. There's no way they can be in the same room. <clears throat> the Bible actually says clearly in, in uh, Galatians verse 4, it says that the son of a bondservant cannot live in the same house as the son of, a free, of the free woman. So somebody who is free from themselves and resting in God and waiting on God. And then you've got the ambitious person. Now they look upon the believer and they go, oh, dumb little sheep. You stupid sheep. You can't do it by yourself. Where's your ambition, stupid sheep? You know, you're just standing here grazing the grass. What are you doing? You've got no vision. You, you, you just doff, you say dom scarpy. That's it. Because why? They've got it all happening. They've got their degree. They've got their plan. They're doing this. They're doing that. Yes, they are on the go. Self-made. And then when they come sit next to a sheepy, they get frustrated with them. That's why they'll run to a church that preaches flesh. And that church stands here and says, give your tithe. Hey, that sounds just like a plan. That means I could get something quickly. Hey, give your tithe and God's going to bless you and you're going to get a job. You'll be this next oak that takes a promotion at work. We'll even lay hands on you with anointed oil and we'll take your tithe and I'm telling you, we'll make something happen. <laughs> Are you with me? And that's why they run to those churches because... That's what they want. That's, they don't want to wait on God. Yep. They don't want to wait on God. No, they think you're a loser. They think you're a loser. But then you do get those scarpies who are fast on his lap. We've got to wake them up sometimes, you know. You do get the extreme. Where, <laughs> where they are so, um, they're still fearful. And they're just hiding under the gospel. They're hiding under the word. And they're not exercising their faith. Yeah. You do get that. Exactly. But we're talking, about, we're talking about the pride thing. you know. And um, it's a scary thing, guys. And those same folks will run to every prophet that comes into town. Why? Because they can't wait on the Lord to tell them. They can't wait for the Lord to lead them and guide them. Let me go get a word from the prophet. Yo, do you know what other nonsense you're opening up yourself to there? It's because usually if the prophet's going to tell you something in your heart that you really want, it's a false word. And now what happens is you get the false word because the idol in his heart comes together with the idol in your heart, and now you've got a big problem because now you think God said you can go and get it. Are you with me? And then you go home and you get the scripture. It says, God will give me all the desires of my heart. He's such a good God. Amen? Are you with me, guys? 
Don't, don't ever, don't ever, when you're listening to the Holy Spirit, I don't care if you're dealing with millionaires or billionaires or whatever, you don't budge until the Holy Spirit moves you. Amen. Doesn't matter how frustrated they get, if, if, you, if it's your wife, let her jump around like a crazy, she can say, we're going to do this now, we're going to do, you just listen to the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the day, she will come to you, gents, and she will say, you were right. And vice versa. If the husband is the, the, the spendthrift and he wants to go and get things that are not necessary, that happens a lot. Got to get a new car now. The wife is going, no, but we've got to put the kids to school. No, but I need an Amarok. Are you with me? Don't budge. Let the Holy Spirit run your house. It's so important. He is the key to all true success. <laughs> he is the key to true riches. Amen? But don't go and see him as a tool or a key. He's a person. And he doesn't want to be used or seen as a key or a tool. He wants to be in an intimate relationship making decisions with you every single moment, every day. Amen. 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 It's actually not hard to walk with God, guys. We were designed for it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's our natural disposition. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's beautiful. And the, but the most frustrating thing is, is that it's only you that's short-circuiting yourself. Don't blame the devil. It's not the devil, guys. I don't know why the devil is the main actor in this movie. I, I, love, I love those, you know, it's, it's always the devil. Like, someone will watch a horror movie or whatever, and then they have nightmares. It's like, yo, like what, you didn't sleep last night? I was under spiritual attack. I'm like, why? What happened? No. I'm like, okay, what did you do before you slept? No, we watched this horror movie about demon possession and stuff. It was so hectic. Like, you don't have an imagination that can run wild of something you're not comfortable with. You, you know, everything's the devil. Like, guys, you, you're completely negating the fact that you have faculties that you need to look after. You know? Some people eat too much cheese before they sleep and they have weird dreams. And they're like, I don't know what the Lord's trying to tell me. I was like, okay, but did you ask him? You don't need to decipher it. You could ask him and say, okay, Lord, what is this dream? And he's like, no, you ate too much cheese. Yo, okay, I'm not going to do that next week. Like... Like, let me not eat too much cheese before I sleep, you know? But it's always, it's always everything else. And, but the difficulty that you're talking about, you know when you say it's really easy to walk with God? The, the point where it becomes difficult is because people look at all of these concepts apart from relationship. That's it. There, there is, you cannot have anything to do with God apart from relationship. You cannot, guys. It's impossible. That abundant life, that kingdom, uh, everything that the kingdom of God produces cannot be yours apart from relationship because God is the one who sustains it, you know? This, this, uh, this passage here, this First Peter 5, right? So <clears throat> what Peter's saying over here actually gets explained so beautifully in Proverbs 3, right? As this go to Proverbs 3. Now, we're not going to break down each verse here because I think in wisdom sessions, we had like a two-hour session the one night on two of these verses. We're not going to do that tonight. We're just going to read through because you need to see the, the, the detail, right? And everything that we're talking about tonight, look, it's in, it's in the word. Look at this, all right? From, from verse one. There's a lot of verses, but we'll read it quickly because I just want, and you guys go home and read it because I want you guys to see that 
When God says, listen, follow this way that I'm giving to you, I want you to see how everything becomes effortless. Jesus himself said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added to you. Right? Look at, let's read this. Look at this. Look at this. Is this it? Okay. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. Right? For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Everyone's on a brand new diet every single day. This is going to make me look younger, fitter, stronger. It's going to extend my life. Then they'll tell you every cigarette you, you smoke takes off two days of your life. And you're like, oh my gosh. You know? Everyone's so caught up in how they want to be young, in how they're going to live long. But here, look at what God's saying. Number three, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bound them, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. You want the respect of people? Walk the way God is telling you to walk. Don't cut corners. Don't lie to people. Don't break people's trust. Don't abuse people. These basic principles that God gives us, here you will have high esteem among them. What's the next one? Five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What we were saying. In all your ways acknowledge him, make him the center of everything you're doing, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Paul went even further and says, Christ has become for us wisdom. The only definition of wisdom that you have is Christ. Nothing else, I'm sorry. If you're a scuppy, like we're talking about, right? Christ is your definition of wisdom. You have none of your own, right? Um, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why? This is what it will cause for you. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. What? That easy? You're telling me it's not like uh, all my calcium supplements and, uh, you know, all this other stuff? Tell you not? No. Refreshments to your bones. Other translation says moisture, right? The thing is, is that God's trying to explain to you that the number one thing you need to look after is your soul. Why? John explains it. He says, beloved, I pray that you prosper just as your soul prospers. You see, today, people are trying to hack the body to get the soul at peace. But they don't realize that they're abusing the body to try and get a reaction from the soul. But if they just focused on getting the soul peaceful, anchored in God, the body follows. Are you guys with me? Like you were saying, stress. The number one cause of, of how many things, right? Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. You want good financial advice? Honor the Lord. No, but what about the markets and crypto and did you see this? Is it? Listen, you want, you want to carry the yoke of the financial system? Go for it. You're going to make tons of money, but you're going to lose plenty in the meantime. Trust me, I sat around a table with 50 and 60-year-old executives they got stomachs out to here. They got no hair. They're dying. They're all this stuff and everything. They got more money than you can ever imagine. You think they're living a life that's worth living? The only thing that's worth living to them is chasing more money. What do you want? You want financial wisdom? Honor the Lord. Because you see, the picture has been created for us. We must be good with money so we can get more. 
God can give you more money than you can ever qualify yourself for. I don't care. You can have 25 degrees. You can make 50 million a month. You choose your qualification. It's either going to be Christ or it's going to be you. That's your qualification. Oh, Bash, but what about financial wisdom? Uh, okay. Who became for us wisdom? You want to go take financial wisdom from Bill Gates? Elon Musk? Jeff Bezos? You want to do that? Because you'll have to pay the same price for riches that they paid. But there was a price for riches that was paid for you. Which one do you want to accept? What's the next one? So you want to say something there? No, I was just going to say, yeah. um, the most important thing before you chase the riches or success, know in your heart what it is to you. What is success to you? Yeah. That's where we got to start, guys. Hmm. Success for Candace is different to success for me. Success for Zoe is different to Mel. Success for Auntie Shomaine is different to Chiquita. Are you with me? Yeah. You got success for Chiquita might be um, uh, having three kids and, and being a really good mom. And having a, are you with me? Having a wholesome family life, which should be all of our success. But, but success for uh, Dom might be, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to run a business. Are you with me? But you need to, before you embark on trying to find success in your flesh, you need to go and sit with the Holy Spirit, and He's got to show you what gifts are in you, what talents He's put inside you, and then He's got to help you uh, uh, refine them and bring them out so that you're not running after someone else's success. Mm. We have young people today going into degrees just because their friends are going into it. Because they heard they can make a lot of money. Hey, you're creating a whip for your own back. Trouble. Big time. Big trouble. You know, that's why so many of them actually drop out of varsity. Yeah. So we need to go. We need to go in our hearts, spend the time there before you even sign up for a degree or before you sign up for anything. You listen, you say, Holy Spirit, how have you made me? What, have you, what, what is it in me? You know what I'm saying? What does it mean to me? Weigh up the options. He says, always count the cost before you build a house. I'm actually building a house right now. <laughs> you have to count the costs. Trust me. Right down to every brick. Every cent. Every cent. You know what I'm saying? You can't just, hey, that's it. I'm going to go do this. Hey, hey, hey. You're going to be in trouble. Yeah. You need to count the costs and you need to see, okay, you know what? Holy Spirit says, that's the picture. That's the person I want to be. And when you make that decision, now listen to how cool this is, guys. If you can take the time to go and align yourself with the Holy Spirit, allow Him to show you what He's put inside you, He gives you a picture of the person that you're supposed to be or that, how you're supposed to look as oh, success. Beautiful. This is how beautiful it is. And guess what happens? When you see that person and you make the decision in your heart, Holy Spirit, that's what I want. I don't want that from the world. I don't want that from my friends. I don't want that from my parents. I don't want that from the, the church. I don't want this from the lottery. I want that. Yeah. And when you make that decision, everything, all grace that heaven has flows with you. It takes you there. You actually don't even have to think about it. You're going to bump into it. That's how cool it is. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's beautiful. 
He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his right way of doing things. Exactly. His right way of doing things in general for all of us, yes. But he's got a right way for David. That's not the, personally, that's not for me. David's not called into the ministry and not that I know of. Now imagine David runs off into the ministry. We had folks that were here two, three years ago. Uh, uh, elderly gentleman always used to shout out. I don't know if you guys remember. Was it Charles? Was his name Charles? No, it wasn't Charles. Um, we went to pray for his business in Benoni. George. George. Beautiful oak. What an amazing toppy. He's a toppy because he's in his late 60s already. Yeah. But you know what? Some guy came to him and said, because he had just gotten reborn a couple of years ago, he was full of zeal for the Lord. Some prophet came and said to him, I see you in ministry. But he hasn't gone and spent the time with the Holy Spirit to see what the Holy Spirit's plan is for his life. And what he went and did was he took all his money and he went, uh, he closed his business down and he went into ministry and uh, he lost everything. Everything within two years. And he had a thriving uh, Renault service business in Benoni. He was like one of the top guys for Renault in the last 50 years here. Lost everything. Because he didn't have his own vision that the Holy Spirit had given him of where he should be. And let me tell you something. If you're doing the right thing at the right time with the right people, sure. You can get up every day and enjoy what you're doing. Are you with me? It's not going to be a slog. There's going to be grace there. There's grace there. Because you're in the stream. You're walking with the Holy Spirit. He's leading you. He's taking you to where you need to go. But if you seek first the kingdom and his right way of doing things, he says all these things that the heathens are worried about, he says they'll be added to you. But you've got to believe the word. You've got to believe that the word that Bash just read now is good for your bones. You've got to believe the word that says, if I honor the Lord, I'll live long. You have to believe it. It's not just a head knowledge thing. You have to be, it has to be ingrained in your heart and you have to be harmonizing with it from the time your eyes open up in the morning. Are you with me? It's not just a verse that you remember. This is a person we're talking about. Exactly. And when, you, when it's ingrained in your heart and it's burnt in your heart like and you get up in the morning, you know that you know that you know because you're walking with the source. Everything is taken care of from health to wealth. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. Why not just do it his way? Amen. Yeah. Listen, he can even he can even teach you something out of the exorcist. He can. But I'm being serious. If you if you you see cuz you can't have fear of those things cuz we know who we are in Christ. But if if he he leads you to watch the exorcist, he might be he might teach you and show you how what a false exorcism actually is. 
I'm not saying that people don't get exercise, but I'm saying how they have to use holy water, burn crosses, hit the lady on the head 50 times. You first um, have to get the thing off the roof. It's like <laughs> stuck in the corner. Like, come down. You know, I never saw one demon. I never saw Jesus clap anyone. Nowadays, everyone's clapping everyone from one side of the church to the other side of the church. Jesus just said, get out. Jesus couldn't say, bring the crucifix. That didn't happen yet. <laughs> Are you with me? I was, I was at a, I was the thing once and this lady, this thing was coming out of the lady and one of the guys with me was asking the thing, what's its name, where it came from. I was like, excuse me, but do you want to ask him his ID number as well? I was like, just get him out of here. What are you, what is wrong with you? Gee whiz. I'm going to interview the oak. For what? <laughs> jo job application. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, absolutely. But do you know there was one part here that you, it was speaking about the chastening of the Lord. Did oh, you read it? Uh, that's next. Now we've got to get there. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> after that one, you guys can read the rest at home. But this one we have to. Okay. Uh, 11. Um, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. <gasps> now, everyone creates the picture that the chastening of the Lord, you remember those movie scenes where the Catholic priest is whooping himself there in, in absolute remorse before God, you know? They think that's what chastening is, okay? Wrong picture, all right? Listen, because here's the thing, it says, uh, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor de detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. So what does it mean? It means... While God's correcting you, he's delightful in you. Step one. The other step that we very, very, very easily forget, okay, is that every single one of us have this weird delusion that we can't do anything wrong. <laughs> Was that Louis or ads? Was that a confession law for Was it? A <laughs> no, it is. It is. And when it comes time for correction, we get defensive. We get defensive, we're like no one can tell us. And then we try and we try and lower, you know, especially when we upset someone. We're like, okay, I'm sorry, relax, don't worry. Meanwhile, the person's like, listen, yeah, this is what you did, dude. It's like, yeah, I get it, it's fine, I'm sorry, it's fine, let's just move on. We're like, wait, wait, but you're missing the point here, okay? Here's the thing. Again, it comes back to that, that statement we made earlier, all right? If this entire chapter, okay, is about God leading us to, the, to a way that is right, do you guys agree that we don't have the fullness of that way inside of us, right? Therefore, for that way to become real inside of us, we need to what? Be corrected. It's amazing what you can learn from the Bible, eh? So correction is not God questioning your reason for existence. Correction is God bringing you to the right path. It is God correcting your path. <laughs> It's not punishment. There is no punishment that is left for you. If you believe there's punishment left for you, right, you got a problem in what you believe about what Jesus accomplished. Lucky for you, we've dealt with that recently. It's a nice four-part series starting from Easter to episode three. Get it on our podcast. It's amazing. It'll change your life. All right. This broadcast was sponsored by CWW, Johannesburg. 
<clears throat> but let's talk about this correction thing because forget even correction from God. Let's talk about correction from people, right? Dids, how many times have you had to walk on eggshells to try and tell someone something difficult? <laughs> because people are so against correction because it will just break them down completely. Shatter every piece of their existence. Oh, I'm going to go be with Jesus. I got something wrong. Well, okay. There's a slight problem. Firstly, is that the Bible tells us that he's the only one that's right. Okay? Get with it. He is our righteousness. Right? Therefore, if you have a problem with being wrong, it means that Christ is not your righteousness in your heart. I mean, spiritually, yet. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying what you believe in your heart. Well, you, you, you're actually still alive when you should be dead. The old guy. The old guy who's fighting so hard to stay alive. He's got a way in over there. I mean, have you guys ever tried to tell someone who's wrong? Have you ever tried to tell them something? Like, I struggled in the beginning. Because in, in the beginning, to bo both sides. Firstly, being wrong, I struggled. Because I'm like, don't you dare, Okay. But then the love of God came in and I realized, I'm like, because also, I also realized, because I am a soft guy. Okay, I am. I can be very, not soft, but the, the thing is, is like, whenever I had to fight to prove my point, even though when I knew I was wrong, I could feel like my heart was heavy, you know? And then eventually when I let it go, I had peace. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's cool. Then the love of God came in and then you start getting establishing, you start getting established in Christ, you know, and your value and your identity in him. And then when you're wrong, you're just like, geez, I'm so sorry. I had no clue. Won't happen again. And you just carry on in peace, right? Then I had a problem on the other side when someone was wrong. I'm like, listen, you sucker. That was me in the beginning, right? Because how dare you get it wrong? All of us here are trying. How dare you get it wrong, you know? Then I realized, okay, that person, we're in the same bucket when it comes to wrongness, you know? Jesus is the only rightness. So... <laughs> But it's these, it's these little things, guys. And, and look, I'm glad the next couple of weeks we're going to go through this, what is the level of your leaven? Because it's these tiny mechanics that are at work in every single one of us that we're completely oblivious to. Yeah, they're absolutely blocking a quality of life that God wants us to experience, you know? And people are like, listen, you don't correct me, God will correct me. I'm like, listen, if you can't take correction from someone you can see, someone you can hear, this imaginary person in the sky to you is going to correct you. I can guarantee you that imaginary voice in the sky is going to start sounding like your own voice. It's going to have the same logic that you have. It's going to have the same points that you have, and it's going to be right the same level that you're right. It doesn't sound like a voice that can help you. But that's why here, my son, devote yourself to my laws. Commit your hearts to them. So then shall your days be long. What is God saying? He's saying, let's agree that everything that's in your heart right now and your understanding is not perfect like my way is. But let's agree that we're getting there. But in order to get there, you got to change what you think. you got to change what you choose to believe. And believe it or not, that process is called correction. Because something wrong is becoming right. So if I read the word and the word says, listen... Go make peace with your brother. Then what must I do? I must go make peace. Not so that I can be right, so that I can experience the benefit that comes with being right. Because you see, we're all right because of Jesus. But not all of us are experiencing the benefit that comes from that.
Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, serve your wives, just like Christ serves the church. Why should we do that? So we can experience the benefit that comes with being right. Are you with me? Amen? Amen. We've got to be very careful, though, <clears throat> when we're about to go correct people, though. No, no, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Don't everybody walk out here and you start correcting everybody, please. No, no. Listen, the mandate <laughs> is correct your heart. Don't go correct other people. Because if, if you were sitting here and you think, no, I'm going to go correct people now, you missed no. Sunday's message. You can just see on the way home, husbands and wives. Yeah. You see? <laughs> don't worry about other people. <laughs> listen, you worry about what's going on in your own heart, okay? You don't even worry about other people. Because even when correction needs to come for other people within the body, within a home, within everything, it comes based on the word. It doesn't come based on how you're feeling and how you've been offended. Listen very carefully. I've been wronged. You must listen to me. Okay, well, let's, let's see what the word says. You know, you know this is one thing you've got to make sure of. God, when you're, when you're about to go and correct somebody, okay, you need to spend some time. It's like anybody who knows me, even if there's like any kind of friction that I, we, get, we have amongst each other, it's like I was saying to Darren the other day, I'll take days before I go and speak to the person. Because I need to make sure that when I go back into that environment, I've dealt with all the feelings. I've dealt with, uh, I'm not right because you like to think that you're right, okay? Today I'm right, tomorrow I'm wrong. Are you with me? None of us are perfect. So before we go and correct anybody in any way, we have to make sure that we have nothing that's going to serve us in this situation. Amen. Yeah. We are totally divorced from the whole thing, and we're getting nothing out of it. And most of all, your correction is to bring edification. It's not to bring criticism. A critical spirit is from the devil. It's from the devil. Absolutely. But listen, uh, uh, prophets, uh, uh, prophets have been given the... the the right to speak into people's lives. Uh, when, when, a, when a prophecy comes or when a word from the Lord comes, it might be a correcting word. But God's not going to give it to somebody who doesn't know how to build people up. Are you with me? He's not going to give it to somebody who just tears people down. And there is a time to tear down, but not the person. You're tearing down the pride or you're tearing down the thing, but you do it in love. Because they're trying with all their strength to keep it up. And you've got to understand, you always got to remember, they have some connection to that thing. They either identify with it or they, they, um, uh, uh, they're using it to protect themselves. You need to dismantle that thing. When we say take it down, you take it down slowly, carefully, so that the person actually falls more in love with Jesus. Exactly. They don't have to care about what you do. They must, it's not about you. When you walk out the room, it's not about you. Hey, I told them, I check at that. I gave them a piece of my mind. Yeah, that's why you got no pieces left. Because you're giving everyone a piece of your mind. <laughs> Are you with me? So you've got to be in that position that once you've given them that correction or that word or whatever, when you walk away, that's it. Job done, game over, they must be looking to Jesus. Yeah. If you are in any way wanting them to look towards you, you're in a bad place. Yeah. A seriously bad place. Mm -hmm. And if you ever use that correction over them in the future, 
you are in trouble. Big trouble. If you ever lord over them, hey, who helped you last time? Who got you out of your nonsense last time? You better be very careful. You must watch out. Very careful. This has got nothing to do with us. We are a channel for the love and the work of the Holy Spirit. That's all. And there's freedom there, guys. There's freedom in that. Are you with me? That's, that's where the grace of God is, is multiplied. Like, it's crazy. You are not the Savior. <laughs> you are There's the saved. Only <laughs> you are the saved. But, but our, our heart posture should be, Lord, I don't need to be right in this, but I need to see your righteousness. Because I'm telling you, if you can come out of a conflict or a situation like that, not getting an apology, not getting an, an acknowledgement that something was done against you, whatever, but a soul got saved, you must have peace in your heart. A soul got reconciled to God, you must have peace in your heart. Because that's the objective. That person apologizing wouldn't have saved them. Only Jesus can save them. But just say in your heart, Lord, I don't need to be right, but I need to see your righteousness here. I need to see your vision your outcome, lead me. What is it that you want in this chaos now? That's the only light that we have, guys. We have no other light. Are you with me? We have no other light. And then just, just one more thing. Yeah. The word chastening there, yeah. um, it's actually the incorrect translation. The word chastening is actually in Greek. If you go to the New Testament, in Hebrews, okay, uh, in Hebrews I think it's Hebrews 12 verse 8. Yeah. yeah. And it speaks of this, this verse is used in Hebrews 12 verse 8. Now, a lot of people in the church like to use this verse like, you know what, if you don't allow the chastening of the Lord, then you are a, uh, a reprobate child. You are not a child of God and this, this, this and that. So the pastor must be allowed to fluke you upside down. And you should be, you should be uh, uh, submissive to the pastor no matter how they treat you or whatever they say. That's... They use it as an authority thing. It's not what that scripture is saying. That scripture in, in, the, in the Greek, that word means piado, or paido, paido. Paideo. Paideo, sorry, paideo. And that means to train someone up in the word. So the chastening, so even the correction and the chastening and the rebuke that God gives us, he always uses the word to correct us. Exactly. It's not an angry uh, 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 a posture that God's coming to you with. So if God doesn't come to you in an angry posture where he's pointing a finger at you, running you down, screaming and shouting at you, then I'm damn sure no pastor's allowed to do that. Are you with me? Yeah. So it's always the pastor should come to you with the word. And he uses the word to correct you and train you. It's actually child training. That's what that word means. But the guys who want to lord over each other, the ones who, who want to be, uh, the guys who have a God complex, they take scriptures like that and they think it gives them a right to tear you down and belittle you and lord over you. Mm. Are you with me? Yeah. And if you have a boss like that, fine. Don't run away now and go get another job. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get trained in your spirit how to forgive and move on. You're going to become more and more solid in your spirit. Mm. A lot of people run away from harsh bosses. You shouldn't until the Holy Spirit tells you to leave. Exactly. Because you're going to learn something there. 
You're going to learn something. If you don't make it personal to yourself, you're going to learn some serious stuff there. Character number one. Yeah. Amen? Number two, you're going to learn that your job is not you. And your identity is not in your performance. That's right. You're going to learn that it's just a job. Are you with me? Anyone ever worked for a harsh boss? I had a, a couple of them. Yeah. Why are you pointing at him? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were saying he's your harsh boss. <laughs> is, is he the harsh boss? Like, what? <laughs> yo, yo, I wish. It's the other way around. Okay, slow down now, guys. <laughs> and you're going to learn something there. Are, are you with me? But if, if it's like abuse over and over and over, then you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit, show me the way out, give me the timing out, and lead me to the next place. Are you with me? But you must remember, you're going to learn some stuff there. Definitely. But remember, when we learn to forgive, when we learn to uh, do all these things, like Bash was talking about now, it's like when you go to the gym and you put, a, uh, you put some uh, plates on the bar and then you resist it. Are you with me? You take it off the, 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 the rest and then you hold in the weight and you're resisting it. What is that doing? It's training the muscle. The muscle's getting stronger. So when you're getting abused or hurt or people are, are, are treating you bad or whatever, just learn, okay, to train your spiritual muscle on how to resist the feelings, how to resist making it personal. And you're going to become stronger spiritually. Are you with me? And eventually, after a while, you can put on another plate and another plate, and eventually you're doing 100 kilograms. We started with 10. Praise the Lord. Now when you get into marriage and your husband treats you like this or your, or your wife says this or your kids do this, it's not about me. I don't have to make everything personal. If my kids are not doing well at school, I'm not a failure. Are you with me? Sorry. I'm spitting on it. Yeah, are you with me? <laughs> do you understand? We're actually training ourselves not to be the center of our lives. Exactly. He's the center, man. That's it. 100%. And that's where the freedom is. That's where the life is. That's where the success is. And that's where the non-aging grace is. Yeah. That's the thing. Amen? Amen. This is a, this is a, very, it's a very deep subject that we, we're into, guys. Mm. But it's so important. In the next couple of weeks, on, on the Sundays and that, we're going to show you in the scripture, there's only one thing that's worse than pride. Do you know what that is? Can anyone tell me? There's only one thing that's worse than pride in the Bible. Take it, just have a go. Take a guess. Taking the Lord's name in for now. There's only one thing worse than pride. It's called spiritual pride. Church. <clears throat> True. And we're going to show you. We're going to go into things, guys. I'm telling you, we're going to show you what this religious spirit is like. And all of us have a bit of it in us. Amen? All of us have a bit of it in us. And if we go on this journey for the next couple of weeks, you're going to see, you're going to be so free. I promise you're going to be so free. Amen. God's in, God is not going to be good. God is good, sorry. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be. It's going to be lacquer. It's going to be lacquer. But before we, are we going to pray a bit? I yes, think so. I think we can pray. 
for the next 10 yeah. minutes. Is that cool, guys? 10, 15 minutes? But you guys go and read the rest of Proverbs 3, please. But ads, get, get us on, on 19, and let's just, let's just meditate on this um, when we, as we're going into prayer, right? Because, yes, see, we touched on some amazing stuff tonight, but, I mean, the culmination of it all is that this is not about us. If we have any kind of logic that we are at the center of things, we need to change that, right? So 19, and it says, The Lord, by his wisdom, founded the earth. Now, this is linking to Romans 1.20, right? Founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so there will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, when you lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. You see, there's a way God has given us, guys, where this becomes a reality. It's not just carry on doing our own thing and then hope God does things. No, he's like, here, walk with me. Prioritize the right things, and this will be your life. You won't need tablets to go to sleep. You can sleep, because it says there, your sleep will be sweet. Is that what it said? Somewhere there? Yeah. Your sleep will be sweet. The blessing of the Lord. Amen? But it's just the basic that God wants us to focus on. Put him at the center of it all. Make him the filter of everything. Amen? Amen. Amen. Remember, we establish the filters of our heart. Eh? We can decide how our heart filters everything. So we establish the filters for relationships, the filters for pride, the filters for forgiving, the filters for love. The fil we establish all of those through the word of God. Amen. In our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Man, uh, it's deep stuff, but you guys okay? Did you get a little bit rocked? No. Jesus is our rock. How can dead people get rocked? You're supposed to be dead, man. If you, can you imagine um, walking up to a dead body in the coffin and you put a gun? Yeah. Dead body's not going to go. <gasps> Are you telling me you're telling something and you wait for him to react? Yeah. What are you going to say, bro? And you know when you're doing the dead body's makeup, they don't wake up and go, oh, just fix my eyes over there, you know? I don't like the way you've done my lips. They don't care what they look like. They're dead. <laughs> Are you with me? So no matter what comes from this platform or this pulpit, it shouldn't affect you because you're dead. You should be in that space where you can take it all, process it through the Holy Spirit, and thrive in life with it. Amen. You can take something like tonight, you can take it home, and you can start using it immediately. It's very practical. You can use it at home right now. You can leave this place, get on the phone on your way home, and find people that you are, have unforgiveness towards. You can deal with it right now and be free just because you're humbling yourself. You can go say sorry. You can send a WhatsApp. You can do whatever you're supposed to do, whatever you've been holding on to and God's been telling you to let go. You can use tonight's message. Just go and set yourself free. 
Amen. And if it's a care that you've been holding on or a worry that you're trying to figure out, just let it go. You saw. If you give it all to him, grace will lead you. Amen. Give God a big round of applause, guys.